is Trice Talk Mini Pod for it's an early Saturday morning. Uh, this is the pre-dawn edition, if you will. It's about um, it's a little after one o'clock in the morning, and this is about about my normal time to be doing uh, these mini pods after midnight. Uh, sometimes I get them in a little bit earlier than this, but um, this this is a good time. Anyway, I appreciate you joining me again for another episode of Minipod. For those of you that follow us on uh, the regular Trice Talk Live series with uh, myself, Dennis Lee, and Eric Kirk, this is just a miniature version of what uh, we do with the live version of Trice Talk. And I, 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 of course, I do this one by myself. Uh, I think uh, Dennis Lee will be joining me um, in a week or so, uh, for maybe once a week, uh, if he can, um, he's got a lot on his busy schedule. And of course he has another podcast that he does as well. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, I try to keep these down to 30 or 45 minutes. I think I went long on the last one and I can tell you there's so many subjects in the news right now and so many things that, uh, are important to me. Um, that, um, I feel passionate about. And so, you know, some of these may run longer than what I intended originally when I started doing the mini pods, but anyway, hopefully it'll be some, uh, things that you have not heard, or they'll be a little bit more in depth than, than what you've heard in uh, your regular news source. Uh, as if you've, um, I've got another story from uh, Mike Huckabee tonight. Uh, let me go ahead and set my little background here. I, I'm going to, I'm trying this background music just to kind of give uh, a little bit of, um, a little bit of flavor, you know, in case I have a pause here and there. But um, tonight I'm going to do another story from a Mike Huckabee Morning Edition newsletter. And uh, it's probably a good time for me to explain to those of you who might wonder why I use a lot of stories from a Huckabee site. Actually, there are two reasons. One is that he addresses many of the same issues that matter to me, and he peppers his articles with humor, and which I like to do as well when, you know, every chance that I get. And of course, if you listen to us on uh, Trice Talk Live, you know Dennis Lee and I, um, and and Eric try to inject humor and in even some of the more serious stories when we can, when it's appropriate. But um, so. I'm really a big fan of Mike Huckabee. Of course, he's the former governor of Arkansas, and he also ran against Donald Trump for president in 2015, 2016. 
Um, but anyway, so I'm going to use an article of his tonight uh, to talk about this subject. And um, the uh, it's from his Wednesday edition of uh, the Huckabee Newsletter. And it's entitled, The Four R's, Reading, Writing, Rhythmetic, and Race. And Huckabee writes, The California Board of Education has just voted unanimously to approve their new 894-page ethnic studies model curriculum. And it looks as though many of the state's largest school districts will be making it a requirement for graduation. Now, there are four R's, as I said, reading, writing, arithmetic, and race. Of course, he kind of changed the arithmetic a little bit just so it kind of flow. Uh, but it could well be argued that in this educational environment, race is going to be the most important of the four. A couple of weeks ago, while it was still under consideration by the board, the National Review uh, ran an editorial explaining what was in the program and why they were against it. At that time, the California legislature had already signaled its intention to make this curriculum mandatory throughout the state if the Board of Education approved it. As reported in the National Review, if such a bill were to be signed into law, ethnic studies would be the only subject in California with the same uh, pedagogical, I hope I'm saying that right, priority in the K through 12 classrooms as reading, writing, and arithmetic. And he goes on to say, did you know that to graduate from high school in California, students aren't required to take chemistry, physics, or biology? Now, I know I was in school a long time ago, but uh, uh, I had to take chemistry. In fact, I had to go back and repeat chemistry in summer school because I did so poorly uh, during the year and I had to have that credit. But I tell you, after going to summer school, I wished I could have taken all my subjects, my tough subjects in summer school because it was so much easier and because there were so few people in the classes in the summertime. Um, you know, you got a little bit more personal attention from the, the teacher. And um, I got a, a decent passing grade when I had to go back and take chemistry. Of course, I took biology. I did fairly well in biology, did not have to take physics. Um, anyway, back to the article. And if you think knowledge of these subjects might not be necessary for many adults, please note that these kids don't have to take history, geography, civics, or foreign language either. That's kind of strange considering California. They can come out of school pretty much pig ignorant, as uh, Mike Huckabee says. That's his description. At least this ex explains a lot. Kids honestly do not know whether the Civil War was fought in the 1860s or the 1920s. They don't know whether the Revolutionary War was fought for independence from England or France. They think the colonists came to America in 1619 so they'd have freedom to own slaves. They know absolutely nothing about the branches of government, the balance of powers, the Bill of Rights, or the rationale behind any of that except that it should be ignored because, and you've heard this, 
It was all created by some racist old white men. In other words, they don't have a clue. They just think they do. Before it was approved, the National Review described this new ethnic studies model curriculum as probably the most radical, uh, polemical, and ideologically loaded educational document ever offered up for consideration in the free world. I'm sure I butchered one of those words. A political catechism clearly formulated for the purpose of indoctrinating children into the intersectional priorities of the far left. The only thing about Huckabee, I wish he would quit using some of those (laughs) such long words. Anyway, uh, apparently the first draft of this was even worse as it was actually rejected by the Board of Education. The governor and the editorial board of the LA Times, which called it an impenetrable melange of academic jargon and politically correct pronouncements. Some changes were made, particularly to tone down the anti-Semitism, but the radicalism of the document hasn't been blunted in any significant way. For example, would you like to know what it says about Christians? Again, I quote the National Review. White Christians are accused of having committed theocide, which is basically uh, eradication of a formal religion uh, against indigenous peoples, murdering their gods, and replacing them with the God of the Bible. This, students are told, led directly to uh, coloniality, dehumanization, and genocide, and to the explicit erasure and replacement of holistic, jeez, indigeneity and humanity. Uh, Sounds about right. In response, students are encouraged to establish for their generation a new social order characterized by counter-genocide and counter-hegemony, which will eventually allow for the regeneration of indigenous epistemic and cultural futurity. Futurity? I guess. Jeez. Well, now this is coming from the National Review, so... Um, Mike Huckabee is a little bit easier on the pronunciations than, than the National Review. But this still sounds like impenetrable academic jargon to me. And by the way, do you know what counter-genocide is? It's genocide, but in this case of white people in retaliation. Oh, and there's uh, religious content as well. For example, teachers are encouraged to lead their students in this indigenous chants, songs and prayers to the Aztec gods. One lesson plan calls for students to clap and chant to the god, uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that name, whom the Aztecs worship with human sacrifice and cannibalism, asking him to grant them the power to make them warriors for social justice. I mean, I'm going to break away from the article here a minute and say, what in the hell are, you know, if if I were a parent of a child in California right now, and they were, and of course, when this article was put out, 
it had not been approved as yet. But even the fact that the Board of Education uh, in California is even thinking about doing this and making this the, the, their, the curriculum in all the schools in California is enough to make me say, my child's not going to public school in California. If I have to live here because of my job or because, you know, I've been here my entire life and all my family's here, um, you know, I'm going to find a way to jerk them out of public school and put them in private school. There's no way in the world that I'm going to allow strangers to teach my child this. So anyway, got my little sidebar. Uh, back to the article. This is the left's idea of multi multiculturalism. And never mind any problems with the First Amendment over this. The people in charge probably went to California schools as well and don't know or care anything about the First Amendment either. If this curriculum is adopted by the state of California, it will be forced upon six million children from the age of five or six all the way up to high school graduation. Untold numbers of kids will be indoctrinated in this rot. Now, this is Huckabee speaking. Uh, Oh, and California taxpayers will be footing the bill. The National Review editorial was written in the hope that board members would ask themselves an important question. How would this curriculum look different if it had been written by America's worst enemies, people who are playing the long game and want to see America fundamentally transformed? as waves of newly brainwashed generations take positions of authority. As of this writing, late Wednesday night, Governor Newsom hadn't yet signed this, but it seems likely he will, as he appointed the current head of the school board and several other members. On March the 23rd, Lawfare Project urged the governor to prevent its implementation over concern that it could violate federal and state civil rights laws. Still, they only want problematic portions specifically relating to Jews removed. That would leave the rest of the miserable thing intact. In 2020, Newsom signed a bill requiring all state university students to take an ethnic studies class to graduate. The ethnic and social justice requirement, so it's easy to imagine him approving similar requirements for high schoolers. Now, can you imagine that any state gets involved in the curriculum in its universities? Now, I understand it's the state universities, it's not private universities, but can you imagine the government is now dictating what they're teaching in state universities? Or, well, I guess it's, hopefully it's only in California, but um, I, I, I would be, I would not be surprised to find it in other states as well. If Newsom moves forward with this high school curriculum, it will, according to the editors of National Review, fall to the courts to spare the children of California the fate of an early life lived as lab rats for the state's most insane and depraved would-be social engineers. That sounds like a uh, pretty 
accurate description of uh, people running California. And if that's their fate, what then? Well, after good little social justice warriors graduate from California's high schools, they might well attend Brown University, where students are so woke that they just approved reparations for descendants of slaves connected to the school. Student body president Jason Carroll said it's time to put money in black folks' pocket. That's the quote. Let this be a warning. If you have children or grandchildren in California public schools, get them out of there as soon as you can. In fact, just get them out of California if you can. Side note from Mike Huckabee. My writer researcher who lives in Texas say, please don't come to Texas if you think you might conceivably ever vote Democrat. Until then, be intimately familiar with your kids' reading materials and ask them every day what they talked about in class. Give them other books and talk to them. And whatever you do, don't send them to Brown University. And, and that's the article by Mike Huckabee. It's actually attached to another one I'm one going to use tomorrow night. It's uh, along the same line of the cancel culture, the stuff that's been going on. And, you know, if it seems like we're using a lot of things that are intertwined with each other, it's just because if you, you can't turn the TV on today uh, and watch the news and not see some other insane example of what is happening in this society. In fact, it's almost like it, it doesn't even make sense. I mean, we, we've gone from uh, pretty much four years plus, you know, because they started harping on Donald Trump in 2016, but especially when it became clear he was going to probably be uh, the nominee at the time. But we went through four years of everything that Donald Trump and, and a lot of the Republicans and, and certainly any of the people who supported Donald Trump were bad people uh, and need to be punished or censored or, or silenced. And now those were those were things they just said in public, you know, so much of the media and, and, and uh, TV shows like The View uh, and CNN and MSNBC, they were all saying these things. But now, since they put Joe Biden in the White House, now they're acting on all these things. Now they're even more emboldened. Now they're really moving on to the next phase, which is trying to fundamentally change everything in this country as fast as they can to get rid of everything um, that that they don't like and now it's all about their opinion about what they don't like they don't even tell the truth about it i mean sometimes they find something and there might be a shred of truth or there might be something that might have been accurate in the story but they tack so much crap onto the end of it or on there with it that it distorts it in such a fashion that, you know, the people who follow them blindly say, oh yeah, that's right, it's gotta be. Um, and every day that goes by that I see these things and I listen to these things, I mean, maybe part of it's because I'm an old guy. I've been around so long and I've seen 
I, I, I remember a lot of the bad stuff that they talk about in racism in this country. And I'm not going to get in a long discussion about that because it's too long for what time I have left here. But the only reason I bring that up is because I've been here long enough to see the different phases that this country's gone through since the 60s. And um, I've seen some very bad times in, in politics and, and in the country and all the divisions. And then starting in the Reagan years, you know, there was hope. There was hope that, you know, we could bring both sides together and start finding ways that we can agree on some good things for the country and things would get better. And then we had the Clinton years, which they started to getting a little bit more emboldened then. Uh, and there was a few radical things proposed and there was Hillary care and, uh, and that was probably the beginning of them testing their power. And then of course we moved into the George Bush years which, you know, was so much affected by uh, 9-11 and then the events after that and the endless wars that we were in um, that, you know, I don't know that a lot of people expected a lot of new things to come out of that for that would be good for the country. And then, of course, Obama, eight years of Obama and, and, the, and the best thing that they can tout about Obama was Obamacare. Uh, they can't really hang anything really important for the entire country on his eight years in office. And then, of course, you know, then the last four with Donald Trump was utter chaos because everything he did, they, they spent the entire four years trying to get this man out of office, trying to negate the vote of those of us who voted for him, a large portion of the people in this country. But now, now that they have their man in Washington, D.C., and they have uh, better control in the Senate than they had, they feel emboldened. They think they can't do wrong. They think they can force everything on this country that they've been wanting to do for oh so long. And they intend to punish anybody that disagrees with them. If that doesn't scare people on both sides of the aisle, if that doesn't scare you Democrats as well, because here's the thing, and I've said this a number of times, and I'm going to continue saying it as long as I'm doing this podcast. If you people who support Democrats and these liberals that are doing all of these things that have never been heard of before in this country and and, and limiting free speech for people that they oppose, for trying to shut down people that they oppose. If you don't think they're not going to come after you someday, that they their ultimate goal is to control everything that's said, I would dare say, and it may not be a fair comparison, but I dare say they would love to eventually end up like China where they have ultimate control, you know, your freedom is what they tell you your freedom is. Well, that's basically what, what liberals, liberals are telling us right now is that, you know, what we say is right is right. And if we don't say it's right, it's not right. I don't know where they got that. Maybe they got it from the media. Maybe because they know the media is not going to attack them on anything they do. 
And if you don't believe this is true, you watch the news and you compare stories um, involving race and you see how the different race races that are involved in the story are treated differently based on the story. You see when when they um, uh, you know like this voting law in, in Georgia thing when they add stuff on there or they ad lib what the law is really about and they distort it to the point that you know they've got people in corporations saying oh yeah you know this is right this isn't fair this even the president of the united states lied he probably didn't lie he was just misinformed this is what they told him and so he goes out there and make a statement that's totally untrue but they're doing it to change this country and i think they feel an urgency to get it done before 2022 or at least before the elections because I think they they truly think that there is a chance that Republicans could come back. There is a chance that people are going to be fired up about some of this stuff. But, you know, uh, that's a given. That's a given people are going to be fired up. But going back to the, you know, I, I can go on and on and, and segue into all different facets of this and how it's so wrong. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to talk about this Georgia thing again and, and now what the what the corporations are causing to happen here. Um, but I want to say one more thing about this this article, uh, this thing about the schools. You know, parents have to pay attention. If you still got kids in school, uh, especially if they're not in high school yet, because these people are going for them. Uh, there's even uh, there was talk uh, last week, I believe, or the week before about we need to. Uh, this is the left saying this. We need to start working on kids that are in kindergarten. We need to indoctrinate them into uh, uh, the evils of racism. But like you saw or like I said in this article, um, you know, they're basically looking at doing reverse discrimination they're actually looking at coming after white people now and punishing them and they're encouraging that in schools based on this curriculum that these people these idiots want to install in california and i'm i'm on you know i would hope that if it does if it does pass of course i would think governor newsom would be a little bit more careful since uh you know they're they're trying to recall him out there but hey you know, it probably makes most of the liberals out there happy if, if they do something like this. But if it gets installed, we need to be scared. We need to be very scared. And if we don't start fighting back and telling our school boards, you know, you're not going to teach our children this. We need to be in mass numbers going to the school board meetings or we need to show up at the schools and tell these people you're not going to teach us crap to our kids and if we have the ability we need to take them out of those schools now i know uh, private schools is expensive and that's um, but if you have availability of charter schools of course you know there's some charter schools in california that also have some weird weird uh, curriculum as well but i think just showing them that we're aware of what they're doing and we're not going to put up with it 
is going to go a long way to maybe slowing this down and making them realize. I think I think they really believe that we haven't been paying attention as parents in this country. And uh, my kids are all grown. Obviously, Dennis Lee is on uh, Tristock with me, but um, it's not too late for your kids. Or if you have grandkids, you know, talk to your kids and say, hey, do you know what they're teaching them in school? Are you sure they're not doing some of this garbage? It's important. If we keep silent like we have been for the last 20 or 30 years, then the ultimate, uh, the end result is going to be that our kids are going to be indoctrinated in this garbage that we are faced with every day when we turn on the TV. And eventually, they, there will be enough numbers that we won't be able to do anything about it. And this is, is this the kind of country that you want? I mean, we should be able to have Democrats and Republicans disagree about things and then, but have some, some things that we do agree on that we can actually make improvements in the country or at least keep it from ruin. So... There's my soapbox for tonight. Um, anyway, that's going to do it for this episode. <laughs> I appreciate you uh, spending that time with me and listening to another episode of Mini Pod. Uh, I'm going to be posting another Mini Pod tomorrow night, uh, which will be basically Sunday morning a.m. Probably you know around 1 30, 2 o'clock in the morning when I'll be posting it. And also, don't forget uh, tomorrow night as well is Trice Talk Live with myself and Dennis Lee and Eric Kirk. We'll be on at 11 uh, p.m. Eastern Time. And um, we would enjoy you uh, coming in and spending some time with us. And also, I would encourage you to, if you are listening to these Minipod series, if you would um, let me know what you think. If you have any questions about some of the material that I that I talk about here, or if you disagree with me on anything or would like to inject something, I would invite you to send me an email at tristalk, T-R-I-C-E-T-A-L-K-69-P-T-S at gmail.com. If you'll look on the uh, description of the show, once I post it, it'll be on there as well. I always have that information down at the bottom, Uh, but I would invite you to, um, um, communicate with us that way and let me know how you feel about any of the material that I talk about here or on Trice Talk Live as well. And also we're on Facebook at Trice Talk. Uh, you can follow uh, us on Twitter at um, at Trice Talk with or it's not with, at Trice Talk WG Moon and um, follow the tweets. Um, I'm not real good about tweeting consistently but uh, I do put I try to put in four or five, six tweets a day on uh, stuff that really, really um, gets me going, keeps me going. Anyway, let me shut this one down here and I'm going to play our exit music. And uh, I just uh, hope that you uh, have a wonderful Saturday and uh, hopefully join me again tomorrow night. Stay safe, everybody. <laughs>